I'm not going to primarily speak about marriage today, but every time that gospel comes up, I think it is important just to mention that when Jesus says what he says, if a man divorces his wife, he commits adultery. If a woman divorces her husband, she commits adultery. That he's speaking those words not only before the resurrection, but before the ascension and Pentecost. There's nothing like an established church that we know today and fully developed sacraments of marriage or baptism. It's not that Jesus didn't know what he was saying, but if you or someone you know is living in the pain of a divorce or broken marriage and you've never thought about pursuing an annulment, having walked that journey with many people over the years of my priesthood, while it is challenging and difficult, it really is ultimately a path of healing. So maybe you or that person in your life isn't ready yet to take that step, but maybe they are. I just put that out there to recognize that you can't simply pluck a line out of the gospel and somehow use that to reinterpret the way we understand the sacrament of marriage today. What we heard, though, and what I was happy to see printed in our worship aid is the so-called long version of today's gospel. There was a suggested shorter version, which basically takes that end piece about the little kids being brought to Jesus and brackets it off. You know, if, if you're so pressed for time that that extra 20 seconds is going to kill you, you can just lop that off. But I'd like to suggest that Mark knew exactly what he was doing by leaving that right there. Maybe Jesus said it in the same scene that he was talking about the marriage. Maybe that came later. But the fact is, Mark gives us those two side by side. And maybe it's not so obvious how they all fit together, but just hold that in the back of your mind for a minute. And pairing up, obviously, the gospel with that first reading, we're invited to think about that sense that every human being, you or I, will ever meet, as well as ourselves, we're somehow incomplete unless we are in authentic and intimate relationship. And that doesn't have to mean marriage, but there's something in our anthropology. You don't get a woman until you've somehow separated something away from the man, vice versa. So that sense that we are wired literally in our very biology almost, we are wired to be in relationship. And it's interesting to note that in that passage from Genesis, it's the man who decides to leave his mother and father and goes to his wife. Over the years, what's developed maybe is a little bit more of a sense of the woman leaving her family. It's not that one is more true than the other, but think about the way the sacrament, the liturgy has developed. The bride comes down the aisle brought, so to speak, by her father, or increasingly you see both parents or siblings or the comfort dog or whatever, all kinds of variations on that. But it's this sense of being brought, right? Not in a paternalistic way or a derogatory way, but that sense of if there's going to be that completion, if, and this is in the case of marriage, but I say it's not only that way, if there's going to be that sense that we are meant to be in intimate relationship, then we are brought into that relationship. We don't just wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to go out there and find my partner. 
Yeah, sure, we think about it that way at times, perhaps. But if you really reflect on the most meaningful relationships in your life, I think you might see a little bit of truth there, that we are brought to them and they are brought to us. Sometimes that happens through friendships. Even in the families that we're born into, we're seemingly, we didn't have any say in that. But my goodness, children, we even say this, are brought into the world. They are the product of a relationship. And so now think about the end of today's gospel, where those little children are coming to Jesus to receive his love, his grace, the beginning of the relationship that will lead to their own salvation. But they're brought, right? Mark tells us they're brought to Jesus. They didn't just wake up and say, where's this Jesus? I got to find him. They're little kids. They don't fully know what it means. They don't fully know the richness of what they need. But they know what it means to receive love, and they know in their nascent way what it means to give love, but they're brought. Somebody thinks enough to bring them. When I said at the start of Mass that Ryan was courteous enough to bring his family with him, I said that only slightly tongue-in-cheek. Think about a baptism for a minute. Yes, of course, you bring the baby to the font. But it's that baby. It's the desire for his or her future. The desire that whatever it is God has to offer, he or she might receive it in their fullness. That's what's bringing the family. That's what's bringing the parents to the font. None of us is meant to go deeply into this spiritual journey by ourselves. Yes, we all need time, contemplative, quiet time with God. But at the end of the day, we are the body of Christ. That's what a parish is in its best sense. And even if you don't know the people you're seeing across the church from you, in some way you did bring each other here. Because you woke up and you said, I want to go to St. Joe's. That's my parish. Well, it's only your parish because it's also the parish of the person sitting across the church, even if they're just visiting today. At this moment, this is their gathered community. So coming down the aisle at a wedding, going the front of the aisle for a baptism, what if we treated communion that way, right? By now, we're all used to checking in. Thank goodness we don't have to do that anymore. But what if when you came in, we checked in for you and we simply asked you, who will be escorting you down the aisle for communion today? Well, I don't know. Well, we'll assign someone for you, preferably someone you don't know, and they'll walk you down the aisle. I can tell from the silence you all think that's weird. You should. And yet you shouldn't entirely. Because we are responsible for bringing each other to this altar and this table. So maybe just a little spiritual exercise as we move into this 27th week of ordinary time. Who is bringing you on your spiritual journey? And sometimes that's explicit as someone inviting you to pray or saying, hey, uh, are you going to the 1045 Mass? I'll see you there. But a lot of times it's less explicit. It's that invitation, hey, have you got a minute? It seems like there's something on your mind. Can we talk? Or it's simply who we let love us. We know the people who are trying to love us, and we've all had moments in our lives where we've simply said, no, I don't want it today. 
I don't want to go there with you. I don't want to be vulnerable. To maybe just make the effort to let yourself be brought and to flip it around. Whom are you being asked to bring a little bit further on their spiritual journey on this day? Maybe it is as explicit as, hey, we're baptizing Ryan today. Come, I can't wait to see you there. But maybe it's as subtle as, hey, I was thinking about you, you know? I know this is going on. I, I just want to let you know that I'm with you in this. If there's one truth to take away from today's readings, it's that none of us goes to God, to Jesus, to the sacramental altar, to the baptismal font. None of us is meant to go alone.